Thank you for tuning into the Baxley Church of God message of the week. We know that this message will bless you and your family. For the last several weeks, we have been dealing with new wine, new skins. Just in the last couple of weeks, we have moved into the preparation that it takes to be that new wine skin. Now, I want everybody to listen closely to what I'm about to say. Don't get distracted. I want you to listen to what I'm fixing to say. Number one, God is going to do his part. God is faithful to do his part. God promises us the outpouring of his Holy Spirit in the last days. You can mark it down. God is going to do something spectacular in the middle of dark days for humanity. God's going to pour out signs and wonders like we've never seen. We're going to see God and his work more powerful than ever. But with that, just because God's promises, when God promises something, it's going to happen. We can carry it to the bank. We can believe it. Not everybody is going to give to God the new skin. The Holy Ghost is going to deal with mankind. He's going to deal with the church. There's great activity in the church in the last days where the Spirit of the Lord speaks to the church and he says it over and over again. This is what the Lord says to the church. And over and over again, he tells us that not only am I speaking to the church, but we've got to have an ear to hear. We've got to have sensitive, spiritually sensitive ears to hear what God is saying. And I believe that that probably is the greatest problem that we have right now because there is this law that is settling down on Christianity. There is this apathy. There is this, uh, I'll, I'll take the routine. I'll take the once, every once in a while, go to the house of God thing, but I just don't know if I'm ready for a God thing, an unlimited thing in my life. I would rather have the controlled God. I would rather have the little G God. I would rather have just enough God because I don't want to get over there in that crazy stuff. I don't want uh, the world to start marking me and says, you know, we, we really don't like your kind. See, that's the problem. Many churches would rather be accepted by the world as friendly seeker churches instead of re- recognizing that how we are blowing off God. We're more concerned with the world and chummy with them than being God pleasers. Guys, I want to tell you something. As a pastor, I love, I love for you to say great things. I want you to be a part of things. But when it comes down to it, we've got to, I must please God. I've got to find the heart of God. I've got to find the heartbeat of the Lord, his will, and say, God, as for me and my house, we're going to serve you. People who are friends with the world, the scripture says, are enemies of God. So who do we want to please? Who do we want to listen to? If God is speaking in this last day, Hebrews 1, 1 tells us that in the last days, Jesus 
is speaking to us. God has spoken to us many times, many different ways, many times in many seasons, but he says in these last days, he speaks unto us through his son. And it's his son, it's the spirit of almighty God, the spirit of Christ that speaks to the church and he, he's, he's conditioning them. He's pointing out places that they may be missing out, not because he's trying to be mean or ugly, but because he wants the best for his church and more than anything, I want everybody to listen to me, he wants the best for you. And God desires to do a great work on not only the church's behalf, but on your behalf. God wants to do something special for you. Listen to the sincerity and the, the willingness and the desire of his heart in Luke chapter 12 when he tells us, fear not. Uh, some, some theologian says that this is uh, used some 365 uh, five times in some form or fashion. And the Lord has conditioned us for every day of our life so that we don't have to fear those things that are coming upon this planet. I don't know if it's 365 times or not, but I do know this, that it's one of the most repeated commands of the word of God. Whether that command is for me, Lamar, fear not. Whether that uh, command is for you to fear not. Whether it's his disciples in a boat in the storm, maybe lowly shepherds in the middle of a night and angels declare unto you a savior is born, fear not. If those are walking through the very shadow of death itself, the psalmist says, I know my shepherd and he tells me that I don't have to fear. For those that are worried about life, those that are worried about the necessities, the Bible tells us, God says to you and to me, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom of Almighty God. We might not be able to choose the circumstances of life, and we might not always be able to choose the good and the best and the great things of life, but I promise you, in the middle of the ugly, in the middle of the pretty, in the middle of the low, in the middle of the high, in the middle of having more than enough, and in the middle of not having enough, I promise you, the Lord says to you, promise you, no matter what happens in the next few weeks, in the next few months, in the next few years, God says it's my good pleasure to bring to you, to give to you the things that pertains to life and the kingdom of Almighty God. Do I have anybody in this house that's mighty thankful that God has been really good to you? Now while some of you can't clap and while some of you can't worship, I'm going to talk to somebody that has just stumbled across the understanding that I'm undeserving and I'm not worthy. I, I, I might desire fear, uh, free acts of God. I might desire God's grace, but there's nothing that I've ever done in my life that makes me deserve anything that God has ever done for me. It's because of his grace that I stand where I stand and have what I have and have experienced what I've experienced. It's God's grace that I'm getting by. It's God's grace that I've survived. It's God's grace that I'm thriving right now. I wish I had some Somebody that would break out in a crazy praise, in fits of praise. I wish somebody that would help me shout a thousand miles today. Has God been good to you? Then somebody put your hands together and act like we in Pentecostal church this morning. Hey! While, while, while we think that 
You know, it's just automatic and God, I deserve you to do these things for me. I find in Psalm 78, but he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity. We learned that last week. And not, not only has God forgiven me, God's forgiven me many times. Can somebody say amen? How many has ever had a second or third or fourth or fifth, a hundredth chance, Amen. I've been, I've been needing forgiven many times in my life. And I'm so glad, glad that God not only forgives our iniquities, but many times. And, and we found out that as good as God had been to Israel, and all the wonderful things that God had, all the new things, the, the land that flowed with milk and honey, the wonderful provisions and prosperity that God had for them, a place just for them. The Bible said that these people provoked him. They provoked God. And the Bible said that not only did they provoke him, meaning they rebelled against God, but the Bible said that they, through their rebellion and through their provoking God, grieved God. It breaks my heart to know that somewhere in my life, Lamar Lee has caused pain, hurt, and grief to a God that's been mighty good to me. And why is it that when it comes to the new things in the spirit that I want to bring to him the old threads, the old Lamar saying, God, I want something new, but knowing that the old Lamar is going to burst if God puts the new in and I'll spill out the contents of the divine deposit. And so God says, the only way this is going to work is that I'll promise you new wine, but you have got to allow me to cause a transformation in your life that brings to you the new skin. You're either going to be transformed or you're going to conform. And when I bring to God the old, expecting the new, I am limiting God. I'm limiting the Holy One of Israel. In the original, it literally means, that word limit literally means to mark God out or to scratch him out. Now that's his people in the Old Testament. How about his people in the New Testament? We've learned in Matthew chapter 13, verse number 55, that the Bible said that his own people, even, the, even his brothers and sisters, his hometown, scoffed at him. And the Bible said that they said he is just. He's just Mary's boy. He's just Joseph's boy. He's a carpenter's son. And because of their limitations on God, and their non-belief, the Bible said in verse 58, he did only. We spent a whole Sunday on talking about the limitations and the restraints and the restrictions we put on the omnipotent God that we serve. I don't want to limit God. I don't want to be one of those that, are, that, that is guilty of saying, God, I know that you can do anything, but I'd rather you just do the little. I don't want to be a part of a church that says, God, uh, we, we want all your blessings and we want all your prosperity and we want it to look good and feel good. But God, we, we would rather have the power stuff over in the back room somewhere because we want everybody else to feel welcome at our church and not, not run them off. And the whole thing is that there are people that are searching, they're hungry for more of God. We've got people like never before 
that yes, there are some that are departing. There are some that are turning their backs on God, but there are some that are saying, God, there's got to be more. And how many believes that we've got a God of more than enough? Can somebody say amen? Amen. But we've got to surrender to God and we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to transform our negative fleshly tendencies. We've got to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to come into our lives and bring to us a transformation of positive qualities so that we can watch this, everybody, so that we can accomplish not our will be done, but his will be done, his very own purpose. Do you realize that in whatever church you attend, if you attend this church or somewhere else or whatever, listen to me, do you realize that there is more to just your church than being your church? the things that you would like to see in your church, the things that your pastor would like to see things uh, see done in his church. Listen to me. It all goes back to not my will be done, but God, your will be done. There's been a time or two in my life that I've, I've, I've been praying and I felt, God, this is what I want to do with my life. And the Lord says, no, that's not what I want to do with your life. Are we willing to die a death to self so that God's will can be done? Or would we rather hang on to the old skin and lose the divine contents? And we wonder why we're miserable? Because we're kicking and screaming about the very thing, the very thing that could save your life, the very thing that could save your family, the very thing that could save your finances, the very thing that could save your mindset, your soul, and we kick against it. The Bible said that there would be some that would lay their lives down and they would get life. And there are some that says that they would hold on to their life but ultimately lose their life. I've learned this important lesson and you hear me say it over and over again because it's true. One of the most important lessons that you can ever learn for your life is to pray that prayer like God modeled the prayer for us. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Learn the prayer that Jesus gave us the model to pray and prayed it in the garden. God, I don't want to necessarily do this in my flesh. And if there's another way, God, let's go that route. But since there's not, I submit myself to your ultimate will and I lay myself down and God, your will be done. Somebody says that Jesus died on the cross. Jesus didn't die on the cross. Jesus died in the garden. The first blood that left his body was when he was agonizing in the garden, praying to the heavenly father, laying his life down as a free will offering so that you and I can have life and it more abundantly. I want everybody to listen very closely. We have allowed doubt and spiritual ignorance and limitations and religious things, even religion itself. We've allowed unrenovated minds, unrenovated mindsets. We've allowed failure to define the church, to define you, to define me for far too long. It is not the circumstances of life that are destroying us. Look around, guys. This world is upside down. 
This world is shaking like it has not been for some time. It's darker than it's ever been. It's more cruel than it's ever been. It's more violent than it's ever been. And guys, if you think that a little corona shook up your world, I want you to listen very closely. I want to help you today. I want to comfort you today with these words. You ain't seen the worst yet. That in the last days, there's going to be perilous times, militant mindsets, more violence than you've ever seen, more cruelty than you've ever seen. Literally, the scripture breaks down. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be wars, ethnic wars, nations against nation, skin colors against skin colors, religious people against religious people. The Lord said this thousands of years ago, and we're so surprised that all this craziness is happening. And meanwhile, we wonder what's happening. The world has fallen into the curse of sin. Mankind operates under the curse, not of God, the curse of sin. And the only one that can rescue us is Jesus himself. Israel is wondering who's ever going to come to bring to us peace in the Middle East. I'll tell you that a Democrat, that a Republican, that an Independent, that nobody on this planet will be able to do it. There will be one that rises up. They will call him the Antichrist. He's going to have a spirit that is anti-God. He's going to even set up religious activities but ultimately say, you can't worship your way. You've got to worship me. And they're going to be somehow hoodwinked and somehow they're going to be uh, taken over and they're going to realize that this guy is not the answer. Can I tell you that there's not going to be utopia on earth? Can I tell you that nobody can rescue this planet other than the creator himself? And God is saying, I'll use you up until that time. I've got a church that I've placed here to be my conscience to be my, my voice, to be my reach, to be my legs, to be my hands. And I have anointed you to make a difference. I've not anointed you and placed you on this planet for you to blend in and to be like them. I put you as a city on a hill. I put light in you to change the darkness of this world. I put salt in your life to season the bland feeling that everybody has. They're trying to seek and serve out what is what what is this thing that can bring me peace what is this thing that can bring me peace at night so that I can sleep what is it that can bring me peace in my marriage and peace in my home and peace for my children and peace in my financial situation and peace in my community peace in my state and peace in my nation the only one that can do it is the prince of peace himself and I declare unto you that soon and very soon the trumpet is going to sound I'm going to get a little old timey on you this morning. The trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ
Christ are going to get up and we which are alive and remain are going to be transformed. We're going to put on incorruption and we're going to be with Jesus forever and forever and forever and forever and it ain't done yet. There's going to be a tribulation. There's going to be antichrist. There's going to be a false prophet. There's going to be wars. There's going to be darkness. There's going to be veils. There's going to be vows. There's going to be bowls. There's going to be trumpets. There's going to be judgment. But just about the time that the devil says, I've got mankind where I've got them, they're going to look up and they're going to know that they've had a bad day because there is one that sits upon a white stallion and behind him is 10,000 times 10,000 of his saints and he has come as a field marshal to make war. He has come as a general and he's going to come back not a tiny Tim Christ, not a humble Galilean, but he's coming back like his, like his, uh, like his banner reads, kings of kings and lords of lords. Somebody help me in this house. I'm telling you, Jesus is shaping the church up to take us out. Can we even handle that old style preaching? But here's the thing, it ain't old style. It's biblical. Do we even know what biblical is? God, what are we offering you? God, you're offering us new wine. You're offering us the best that we can have in this world. And God, we're offering you nothing. Old, worn out, leftover, we serve ourselves we serve the world way better than we served you. I don't want to wait till I'm on my deathbed to look up into the skies and say, God, take me as a dying man. I want God to look at me right now and say, God, I don't know what time I've got back left. I don't know if I got 10 days, 10 years, 100. I don't know how long I'm going to live, but I do know this, God. I want to spend every waking moment that I have serving you. I want you to use me, Lord. God, please use me. And I won't listen. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm about to close, but listen. It's not the circumstances of life that are destroying us. It is the processing of our thoughts. It's the fact that the church is not renovating their minds so that we can be transformed to live out and prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not renovating our minds through the word of God. If I can get my mind renovated, I can get my life transformed. If we don't transform, we're gonna come back next week and we'll talk about it. If we don't transform, guys, listen to me. This is what the church is going to do. It's gonna conform and it's gonna digress. We got a choice. We can limit God. We can rebel against God. We can rebel against the commands of God. We can fear. And all the while, we can allow ourselves to be succumbed by fear. And all the while, disbelieving God's word. And we can be like the children of Israel who sent out the spies. And watch this, everybody. They mostly all come back and said what? We're nothing but ants in this land of giants. Caleb and Joshua came back and said what? We are well able. He goes back to three weeks ago. I asked this church a question. Whose report will you believe? As for me, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord.
Because it's our choice that shapes the future, not only for our church and not only for our communities and not only for our state and our nation and our world, but guys, listen to me. Our choice in this very, very important, urgent time is going to shape our children's future. And we must find that place of trust and we must find that place of rest in God that sets a great future for them. I believe that God is confronting. I'm almost there. If you've not listened to me, you better listen to me now because I'm fixing to give you something good. I believe within my spirit, the way that I'm praying, the way that I'm, if I'm hearing God's voice, I believe that God is confronting the spiritual and the carnal things of our lives. I believe that God himself is confronting the everlasting things, the eternal things, if you will, and the temporary things. That so many people will forfeit a great eternity for the temporary. How do I know that? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, I'm almost there, watch this. In Hebrews 12, verse number 26, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, meaning when the children of Israel had just come out of Egyptian bondage, they come to Mount Sinai and God wanted them to come on the mountain. He wanted to reveal himself not, not to Aaron and Moses. He wanted to reveal himself, watch this, to three million plus people. He wanted to introduce them a kind of relationship that we have in the new covenant. He offered it to Israel back in the old covenant. And the Bible said that they would not. They refused. They limited God. That's where that scripture in Psalms came from. They limited God. They tempted God. They grieved God. And they said, you go, we'll stay. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. Everybody say the earth. But now God makes another promise. Once again, I will not only shake the earth, but I'm going to shake heaven as well. In other words, I'm going to shake the earthly things and the eternal things. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only, watch this verse 27, so that only the unshakable things will remain. Very quickly, I'm going to give you four things and we'll come back and we'll pick up here and we'll teach from it. Number one, God makes a promise. He makes a promise that I'm going to shake everything. How many believes that the shaking has already taken place? How many, how many believes the shaking continues to take place? Amen? Watch this. God makes a promise to shake. Number two, God says, not only will I make a promise, I'm making the promise to shake all things. The third thing that he says is that there, were going, there is going to be a removal in your life. We are in a season that the church is going to have to make a brand new decision. There's going to be some things that has to be removed from our lives. The dross has got to be pulled out. The impurities has got to be pulled out for us to be true gold for God. 
Not only has there been a promise, not only is there going to be a shaking of all things, not only is there going to be a removal, but number four, there's going to be a discovery, a brand new discovery of the eternal principles of God again. We're going to see what's really important. And this time when the church grabs a hold of it, we're not going to loose our hold. We're going to hold on all the way through. For the person that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. How many believes that in the shaking, we're going to be all right because our foundation for our lives, our marriages, our home, our children, our finance, and anything else, the firm foundation for all of us is on the rock, Christ Jesus. On Jesus Christ I stand. All others are sinking sand. Would you stand to your feet and would you give God the craziest praise you've given him all day? Come on, praise him. We'll come back. Give me, give me F chord. Listen to me. Listen. Can I just be honest with you? I got three people that says do it, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. The rest of you endure it, okay? First of all, I want you to know that I love you. Me and Kim, our family, love you. I want you to know another thing, that we take very seriously the work that we're doing at Baxley Church of God. I want everybody to listen very closely. Whether you come to me for advice or come to me for prayer or come to me for counsel, I always tell you that I'm not a counselor. I listen to you, but I am a pastor. And more times than not, most of the time you can take your finger and you can go back to the Word of God and you can find the root problems of mankind. Unrenovated thinking, a heart that's wrong, which corrupts our speech, our mindsets are wrong, which doesn't allow us to be transformed, but conformed. And all of a sudden, the process begins to result in a circumstance that we have to live with. And to be honest with you, it's miserable. And the whole while we're saying, why am I so miserable? Because we're kicking against God. We're wanting some new wine, but we're offering him old skins. Does that make sense to anybody? Two people? Does that make sense to anybody? Four or five people? Does that make sense to anybody? Now, and I realize that that's old time preaching there too. You mean to tell me that Jesus is the, is the solution for all my problems? Yes, Jesus is the solution for any problem you will ever face in this lifetime. Your life is not physical only. Your life is spiritual. And that's the reason there's a shaking taking place. That's the reason there's a shaking taking place. He's going to lose your grip on things that you shouldn't have held on to. But he's going to say, come on to me. All of you that are laboring and heavy laden and grab a hold of it just one more time because Jesus can do you nothing but good. Somebody put your hands together and praise him in this house. I want you to lift your hands all over this place. Come on, all over this house if you can. Just do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. There's an old song. I love this song. For thou, O Lord, 
heart high above all the earth. <laughs> Thou, you alone are worthy to be the one and only God. For thou, O oh Lord, art high above all the earth, and thou art exalted far above all the little G gods. Yes, 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 but I've made up my mind. I exalt thee. Sing it. And I exalt thee. Sing the old song. And I exalt thee. Oh, 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 oh God. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I exalt thee. And I exalt thee. Yeah. I, I exalt thee. Oh, Hard, it's hard to exalt him when you got your hand on a little G God. You got to let it go. There's a shaking coming. There's a shaking coming. There's a process. There's a process. I'm telling you, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost here. I'm prophesying to somebody. There's a shaking. There's a shaking. There's a shaking. There's a shaking. Let go of the things that's pulling you back. Let go of the things that's pulling you down. Let go. Reach out. Reach out. There's a hand that is reaching down to you right now. There's an opportunity that God is affording the church. Let's link back with God. Let's link back with Him. Somebody, somebody worshiping. Somebody, I'm on, come on. I don't believe that we've even hit that just yet. I believe that some of us have been holding back. Some of us are still in the pajamas and still drinking coffee and sitting on the sofa somewhere watching the program. But see, you in the house of the Lord today. Somebody lift your hands right now and open up your mouth and start pouring out praise to God. Start pouring out praise to God. Hallelujah. And one more time, I exalt thee. Sing it with me all over the house. I exalt Everybody said, I exalt thee. Oh, oh, Lord. That's my heart. I exalt thee. With everything within me, I exalt thee. Oh, I, I exalt thee. Oh, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in this house and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.
already in the month of June. We've had four people to give their hearts to the Lord. You can join that turning. You can join that change just as they did. Would you just simply lift that hand and say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm lost. Maybe I need to make a, a commitment, a new commitment. The Holy Spirit's enlightened me. I'm not where I need to be with God. And so I lift my hand long enough that you can see it, high enough that you can see it. And I want you to lead me, Pastor, in a prayer that'll change my life forever. But it'll be one in this house. And once again, just because of the season that we're in, we've got so many that are watching right now. They continue to watch. Maybe perhaps you're watching. Maybe you're one of those that's saying, yes, 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 I need to pray that prayer. So right now I'm going to lead you. All of us here in the sanctuary is going to pray the prayer with you. Just simply pray this. Say, Father, I'm sorry for my sins. Come into my life. I need you. I confess with my mouth what my heart believes. Jesus loves me. He lived for me. He died for me. He rose for me. He lives now for me. And I accept him as Savior and as Lord. In Jesus' name, I'll never be the same. I, by faith in Jesus Christ, am saved. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to the Baxley Church of God message of the week. We would love to connect with you and your family. Please give us a follow, click like, and be sure to subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. We hope that this message has encouraged you today.